This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. God's good. All right, I want to bring you a message today in our Believe series. Our Believe series, where I challenged you last week, and these are available at our, our, our greeter stations, to memorize the Word of God. I gave you a passage, asked you to take it home with you and memorize it. And as you take that home with you to memorize it, I ask you to apply that uh, into your life in so many ways, because I will hide your Word in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against God. And so God is speaking to us, and he's, he's going to allow this word to permeate who we are. Now, the scripture that we're memorizing is uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse number 9. It says this, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse number 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Now watch this. It's not only the fact that you believe, it's that you make your what you believe a part of your life. Let's say that again. It's not only if you believe, it's whether or not you're willing to live out that faith walk. This is so, so important. We began to understand last week that, that throughout the scriptures, uh, uh, over 300 and something, almost 400 times, the, your, the word believe is used. But in the book of John, uh, it is used the majority of the times. It's used almost a hundred, some say 98, some say 101 times, uh, that the word uh, for believe, which is pistiwo, pistiwo uh, is the Greek word for believe. John says it over and over again, for God so loved the world that whosoever would what? That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would what? Believe. Believe. It's used, pastiwo is used over and over again. Now the word pastiwo can have different trend, uh, different definitions. I think when we say something like that in church, people say, well, how can a word have a different definition? And I always point back to one word in particular. I point back to the word, now I'm not, I'm trying not to say this with as much of a southern accent as I have, but the word hill. Heal. You know what I'm saying? But hill. The word hill, because someone climbs a what? Hill. Someone might have a pain in there. Someone says their dog. Oh, y'all are catching on fast, all right? And so when somebody's sick, they need to heal. You see, so that word has different uh, uh, meanings based upon the way that it's used. Pistiwo has different meanings based upon the way that it, the tense and the way that it's used. And that word for belief, uh, it simply means this, uh, to accept the truth of something, to trust in something or somebody. So in other words, if I'm going to believe in Jesus Christ, I believe what he said is true. Can I get an amen for that? 
Not only do I believe what he said is true, I believe what he claimed to be, who he claimed to be is true. And let me just be real plain to you about this. You're going to see on, on all the different channels this week, Jesus never claimed to be the son of God. Well, let me just encourage you, go read the Bible for yourself and you're going to find that he said, I am the father in one. If you've seen the father, you, uh, you've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. He said that, uh, over and over again, uh, these de- declarations that I am, in other words, he declared himself God when they came to arrest him in the garden. They said to Jesus, they, uh, they, uh, Jesus said to them, whom are you seeking? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, Yahweh, I am. And they fell back. Literally, they fell back because he declared his Godship. When he declared his Godship, everything changed. Now, because we declare his Godship over our lives, everything changes. Bear with me. Let me just say this. Whether how this service goes is dependent a lot upon both of us, me and you. Because in the last service, they just kind of poured a little gas on the fire, and I went old school preaching style. Now, uh, uh, can I get a good amen for that today? Now, watch this. The belief also can be interpreted to have an inner conviction that is motivated by our highest aspirations. So in other words, that when I believe, I believe that God didn't call me to live under. He called me to walk over in victory. God didn't call me to live bound. He called me to live free. God didn't call me to be yesterday's thought. He called me to be today's purpose for the kingdom of heaven. God has called us to something that is better than we are. And I don't care how many times somebody told you, you will never amount to anything. My living God has declared over you that he has hope and a future and a plan for you, and he will use you for his glory. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. God is good. We also learned last week that when you say you believe something, that action is the standard of the measurement for that belief. It's one thing to say you believe it. It's another thing to walk it out. Because a lot of times we want to say, yeah, yeah, I believe that. Amen. Amen. I believe that. But it's another thing when you've got to step into the fire and you've got to begin to walk that thing out. It's never easy to walk those things out. I think when God began to deal with me, I sat down and prepared six weeks of messages and he began to deal with me about what I'm talking to you about right now is God wants you to understand the power of walking in belief that changes who you are. Now listen to what I'm about to say. Because how you act reveals what you really believe. Now today we're going to pick up in a passage of scripture from the book of Mark, the 10th chapter of the book of Mark, but Jesus is heading up to Jerusalem to die. There would be a moment later just after this passage when he would pray these words. Uh, we, we say it this way, uh, Father, if there be another way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but Thy will be done. Let me just kind of paraphrase that for you in modern day language. This is what he prayed. He said, Father, if there is another way, then that's what I want. If there's another way to handle this, that's what I want to do. But since there is no other way than your way, your way must become my way. Let me say that again. What we want is for God. We've been trying to talk God into our plan our whole lives. I mean, if God would just get with the program, everything would line up the way we want it to. Come on now. Amen. Can I tell you that when I have directed my life, when I have led my life, my life has got me into a whole lot of trouble. But when I walk according to his direction and his plan and his purposes, though it may look like I'm going through a dark moment, it always comes out the other side working out for my good because his way is always better than my way. 
So what Jesus would ultimately pray is, Lord, I believe that your way is the best way, and I want my life to line up with what your way is until your way becomes my way. Because as he came to that point of a crossroads, what would he do? Would he go all the way? Something had to lead him. Do you know what leads us at crossroads? What we believe determines the direction we take at a crossroads. Let me say that again. What we believe determines the direction that we will take at crossroads. Now, I've read Mark chapter 10 many times. And as I've read Mark chapter 10 many times, I want you to know that I've never seen it this way before. Mark chapter 10, verse number 32, which is where we're going to begin. It says, now they were on the way up to where? So that you understand why he's going to Jerusalem. Jesus is on the way to go and be crucified. He's on the way to go and be murdered for what he has proclaimed and what he believes. And Jesus was, now help me with this, and Jesus was what? Oh, don't let the 815 service be louder than you. Let's try this again. And Jesus was? Walking ahead of them. Jesus was walking ahead of them. This is important to notice. Jesus is not, listen to me now, he's not where he normally is, walking with them, explaining to them. Jesus has shifted into mission mode completely. He now has become a leader, and sometimes a leader has to lead, and the leader is out in front of them. Now listen to what I'm trying to tell you. He's walking out in front of them. Why? Because he understands that the hour is shifting. The hour is shifting from him trying to explain to them what they should believe. And my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost is what I'm about to say to you. The hour has now shifted until they begin to walk in what they believe because it's about to get dark. It's about to be a bad time. They're about to murder him. There's going to be three days and the only hope that they have to hold on to is the word that Jesus has spoken to them. And he says, I'm shifting gears on you now. I've walked here teaching you, but now I'm going to show you how to walk through the dark days of your life. Now I'm going to show you how to go forward in the dark days of who you are. Why? Because he's moving it with a gate that makes a statement. You listen to what the Holy Ghost has just spoken to me. When you're going through dark days, the way you walk makes a bigger statement than you can ever make with your mouth. The way you act makes a bigger statement than you could ever make with your mouth. The way you interact makes a bigger statement than you could ever with your with your mouth. Can I tell you that too many times Don acts the way that Don thinks it should be handled. But if I can ever learn to be like Jesus who says, I wish I could handle it differently. But until my way becomes your way, then I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to keep pushing until I figure out how to be Jesus in the middle of every storm. Amen. Now listen, I'm almost done with the introduction. But watch this. Jesus was what? Walking where? Ahead of them. This is what I've never seen before. And the disciples were filled with awe. My goodness, I feel God. The disciples were inspired. The disciples... We're walking with a holy confidence because they saw the way he walked. Notice this. 
And the people following behind were overwhelmed with fear. Are you with me? Jesus is walking in confidence. The disciples, their job is to keep up with him. Can you imagine? He's norm- they're, they're normally waiting on him. Jesus is always over there healing somebody, and they're like, we got to go. We got to go. We're going to have to set up camp. We got to get a fire going. Somebody go on ahead. Get this ready. They've constantly waited on Jesus, but not today because Jesus is walking ahead of them. And the disciples notice the fact that Jesus is walking ahead of them. And as they notice the fact that Jesus is walking ahead of them, something begins to stir inside of them, and they're trying to catch up with him, but they notice there's a confidence inside of him that they can only be inspired by. My goodness, I feel God. But somewhere back in the crowd are some people who have not yet made up their mind about him. And all they can see is the fact that he's headed to Jerusalem where they want to kill him and times are going to be tough and they're not really sure if they want to be associated with him when he gets there because they don't know what's waiting for him. Can I tell you what's waiting for him? Ultimately the cross, but before the cross, the triumphal entry. Listen to me. You will never be part of the glorious return of the saints if you stay back here watching, trying to make up your mind if you're going to serve God or not. God's looking for some people who will run to keep up with Jesus. They'll run to get in the presence of God. Come on, amen. Pastor Don, you don't understand. I'm just investigating my faith. Thanks be to God that God allows you to investigate your faith. But can I tell you something? You can investigate your whole life away. It's time for you to make up your mind and start following Jesus. Come what may, follow the Lord with everything in you. Why don't you give that kind of God a praise today? Amen. You see, he pulls the 12 aside. He said, now look, guys, not the crowd. The crowd didn't have the inside scoop. That'll preach, won't it? The crowd didn't get all the details. But the disciples knew he's doing something. He said, listen, boys. He said, one more time, let me explain this to you. Here's what's about to happen. He's, he actually says, Listen. When we get up there to Jerusalem, they're going to betray me. The priests and the leading religious teachers, they're going to sentence me to die. They're going to turn me over to the Romans. They're going to mock me. They're going to spit on me. They're going to take a, a cat of nine tails and they're going to rip my, my back open until you can literally see my kidneys. And then they're going to kill me. But don't worry, boys. After three days... Can I just tell you what the Holy Spirit just dropped into my heart? Some of you are having trouble walking through the storm you're walking through because all you can see is the beating that you're taking. And Jesus said, you're going to see me go through a beating, boys, but don't lose hope because on the morning that's coming, on the day that's coming, joy is going to come in the morning. Victory is going to come on the next hour. There's going to be hope. Some of you, all you can see is the pain you're going through, but keep up with Jesus. Keep walking with Jesus and joy will come in the morning. Amen. Pastor Don, why are you so fired up? Because somebody in here has got to be. Somebody's got to be your cheerleader. Come on now. And I'm not donning a little cheerleader costume for you. Come on now. 
So the only hope you have is that this fat guy's going to stand over here and lift his voice and say, you can make it, you can do it. Just get your eyes on Jesus. Start walking like Jesus. Start talking like Jesus. Watch this, because there's something about the way you will walk when you truly believe what you believe that will inspire others. And it will expose doubt in some. You see, Jesus was on a mission. Ahead of him was betrayal, arrest, abuse, judgment, a beating, condemnation, the cross, and worst of all, that feeling of when he would cry out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you, O oh God? Did you listen to this preacher today? None of this, not the cat of nine tails, not the betrayal of Peter, not the cross that he would carry, not the abuse he would suffer, not the night in a prison cell, none of this changed the way he walked. Can I say it again? None of this changed the way he walked. God's looking for people to change, not with the weather, but they're looking for people to change, to get in line with Jesus. And no matter what storm clouds might come, no matter what might blow your direction, no matter what pains of this life may settle into who you are, it does not change the fact that God's still God and Jesus is still Lord of your life and there's only one way to walk and that's like Jesus. Come on now, amen. But why could he walk that way? Thanks be to God we have Hebrews explaining it to us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2 says this. We do this, watch this, by keeping our eyes where? On Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our what? Faith is the evidence of what you believe, folks. Because of the joy awaiting him. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Watch this. He saw something on the other side. I feel it. Pastor Don, we've just never seen you get so fired up. We don't know if we like you fired up. Well, I don't know. But all I know is it's like fire shut up in my bones right this second. Listen to this. He looked to the other side of the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Can I... Listen to this. What did he see on the other side? Well, he saw the Father's throne. Can I tell you what he saw on the other side of the cross? He saw a finished mission. He saw a redeemed church. He saw the victory won. He saw death, hell, and the grave losing the keys that they had claimed. And on the other side of that, he saw himself walking back in and saying, Father, I finished my course. I ran my race, and I've done what is right. Come on now. Amen. 
That's what he saw. And because he saw that, can I tell you, he laid out an example for us. I can stand here behind and go, I just don't know if it's worth it. I just don't know if I can do this. I just don't know if it's possible. Or I can square my shoulders and make up my mind. I might have to go to the cross to get there, but one day I see loved ones that have gone ahead waiting for me on the other side. And somewhere past them, I see Jesus. And one day I will hear him say, come on in, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Pastor Don, where's our teaching pastor? Come back next Sunday. Listen to me. What you believe is waiting on the other side is what will give you the strength to keep walking. The next time the devil tells you to give up, start thinking about who's waiting. There's parents who prayed for you waiting. There's children who love you waiting. There's joy waiting. And there may be momentary trials here. Oh, but glory be to God. Joy is waiting on the other side. What you believe is waiting on the other side will give you the strength to keep walking. It will give you the strength to keep praying. It will give you the strength to keep believing. Somebody's got a baby waiting on the other side for you to raise. Somebody's got a reunion. It's only going to be possible because of what Jesus did. But somebody needs to realize, as wonderful as all that is, the Father is waiting for us. You see, there was something about the way that he walked, though, that filled those close to him with awe so they could walk the same. But it caused those falling behind to be afraid. You see, those who believed in him were inspired. But those who were unsettled became fearful. His walk made them afraid of their walk. So I have a question for all of us today. Are we close or are we behind? Are we inspired or are we doubting? Are we ready? My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. Don't give up. Don't give up. You keep worshiping. Hell thought it stole your voice, but don't give up. You keep walking. You keep believing. You keep trusting. There's joy awaiting those who follow the Lord. If we find ourselves behind, we have to ask ourselves, when someone else is passionate about his presence, does it make us angry? Or do we find ourselves inspired to draw close in worship also? Uh, well, Pastor, you're making the Assumption there. No, I'm just kind of really quoting Mark 14. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar. And I want you to help me here with a very what? Expensive. Perfume. 
Now, I don't know how expensive, but I can only imagine expensive. It's been alluded to that this possibly could have been the price of her freedom. It is made of pure nard. She broke the jar. When she broke it, it lost half its value to the earth. But it gained heavenly value. When the devil tried to break you, you might have lost value to this earth, but you have gained heavenly value when you keep walking. Notice where she pours it, not on his feet, but she pours it upon his what? Isn't that a little awkward? How many of you be like, get her away from me? Some of those present were saying indignantly, Oh, let me, let me say this. Some of them who were behind her. Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. I don't think anybody cared about the poor. The Bible says in another one of the gospels that it was actually Judas who started it because he wanted to steal the money. And notice what they said to her. Sit down. Are you crazy? Stop doing that. Can I tell you, God is looking for somebody with a crazy kind of faith. He's looking for somebody who dares believe. He's looking for somebody who's going to still be standing on the other side of the diagnosis. He's looking for somebody who's going to still be walking on the other side of the divorce. He's looking for somebody who's going to still be standing with their hands lifted to Jesus Christ when they're in the middle of the deepest, darkest hour of their life. And when that happens, the enemy's going to say, well, you ought to just give up. You ought to just walk away. You ought to just realize it's over for you. Can I tell you what Jesus says? Leave her alone. Why? Because why is she bothering you? You're always going to have the poor with you. What she's done is beautiful and you're not always going to have me, Jesus says. But watch this. This is my favorite part of this whole scripture. She, What she did, what she could. Listen to that. She did what? What she could. God's not asking you to do what you can't do, but he is asking you to do what you can do. And you keep doing what you can do until the Holy Ghost empowers you to do what you couldn't do before. You keep standing. You keep walking. You keep moving. You keep glorifying God. As a matter of fact, why don't you glorify God right now with me in this place? He said, she prepared my body for, for burial. But this, listen to this. This is beautiful. Truly, I tell you, because right now I'm doing what I'm literally fulfilling the words of Jesus. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the whole world, what she has done. Oh, what's this? Somebody about to get this will be told in memory of who? Watch this. He inspired her to get her perfume. He inspired her to bring on join the journey behind him. He inspired 
her. Now, Scripture says, wherever you preach the gospel, what she has done will inspire others to go a little further, to take it another step, to not give up, to keep worshiping no matter what anybody says. You keep serving God. You keep loving God. Well, I just don't understand why you have to go to church. I don't understand why you have to believe that way. I'll tell you why I have to. It's the only hope I have because in Jesus, I found the answer. I found the way and there's something laying ahead for me. Come on now, amen. All right, I better, I got way too much sermon left and too short a time and somebody better come play something or I'm going to start sermon number three. Listen to me. This is important. Jesus would go quickly. Well, he's coming, I'll tell you this. He would go quickly to keep walking as he walked. He would stop along the way to explain to them what a servant was, but then he went on. He would quickly stop, heal Bartimaeus. Watch this. He didn't allow what where he was headed to change, listen to me, to change how he walked. He would even fulfill Scripture with a triumphal entry in this passage, this moment. Jesus was on a mission, but his steps were led by his belief structure. I need a I need a young man who not afraid. Matter of fact, would you help me? This may be the hardest thing I've ever asked you to do. This is going to be serious. I'm not playing. I need you to come and just lay as flat as you can right there. I don't care if you're on your back, your side. I don't care. This is important. Listen to me. How you walk reflects what you really believe. They took a group of pastoral students who were about to graduate from this particular college just a few years ago and a group of psychologists John Darley and Daniel Batson decided to give them their final exam this way they they made them research the story of the man who was going down from Jericho or from Jerusalem to Jericho or Jericho to Jerusalem and it's literally down a hill you come out past uh, Mount Zion you drive down a hill and as you make that turn to come down that hill you come right past Bethlehem on your right you're headed down and as you're headed down toward Jericho toward the uh, uh, literally almost at, you can almost see the uh, the Dead Sea but as you're coming down through there that was a very treacherous place and, and, and a lot still treacherous in many ways and, and, and the man was robbed and mugged and beat up. And so they said, for your final exam, we want you to study the, the story that we call the Good Samaritan, because here's what happened. There's a, there's a priest, there's a Levite, and there's a, there's a Samaritan. Now, so let me just translate this. There's a, there's a preacher, there's a good member, and there's somebody from the wrong side of the tracks. Okay? And the pastor and the good member literally step over the man laying there bruised robbed dying literally step over him then the Samaritan comes and I'm not don't move now but he comes and he he stops the guy from the wrong side of the track stops 
picks him up, cleanses him of his wounds, bandages him, puts him on his own donkey, takes him to the nearest place to stay, puts him in the bed, pays the bill, gives him the money to take care of him, feed him, restore him, and says, if it costs any more, I'll take care of it when I'm coming back through. Jesus says, which one really had compassion? So this is their final assignment. They have to study this to find the hidden secrets of that moment. So on the day they're to present their findings, here's the way it goes. Okay? They come in. They are split into groups. They give their findings in front of the professors. One group is told this. Oh my gosh. What you have shared is so amazing that we have a gathering of the dean and the chancellor and many of the students waiting for you to come preach what you've discovered to them. Could you imagine those young pastors? They're going to get to preach to the dean, president of the college. They are ready. And then the professor kind of absentmindedly looks down and goes, Oh, but you were supposed to be there five minutes ago. Stop. Second group comes in, presents their findings. They say the same thing. It is amazing. There, there's going to be a gathering of all these officials and all the students, and you're going to go share your findings. And you've got about an hour, hour and a half to get your thoughts together. Go find somewhere quiet, settle down, then go to the chapel. Now, before they divided into groups, they gave them one other question. They asked them this question, why did you enter into ministry? Why did you start doing ministry? Why do you want to be a pastor? Overwhelmingly, I think it was like 90-something percent of them said this, to help hurting people. To help hurting people. Interesting. They split them into two groups, one that's in a hurry and is late, and one that has plenty of time. I'm proud to tell you that at the group that had plenty of time, many, 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 many of those students stopped and they helped the man. They refreshed him. They got him up, made sure he was okay. Well, so he needed to be taken somewhere. They used that time wisely. They knew they had plenty of time and they knew that they knew what was ahead of them. But out of the students who were late, And a tremendous amount of those students not only ignored him, and unless I'm quoting this statistic wrong, I believe it was 63% of them actually stepped over him to run to preach about the Good Samaritan. Could you imagine that? How many realize they failed the test? We can criticize those students, but here's what was learned by the study. It's what you believe is ahead of you that determines what you do now. Those who thought they had plenty of time took the time. But those who thought they were already being judged for their failure of being late ignored the need of the other. 
that is humbling. Because what that really tells us is that Jesus has given us the ability to change the world around us. What will enable us to change the world around us is what we believe about what is ahead of us. What we believe is ahead of us. Listen, it's not even about what was happening around them. What was happening around them was, oh, oh am I going to get mugged too? Nobody really had that consideration. It was all about them and what was waiting for them. And this story really spoke to my heart because so many times I see everything looking at me. But there's something ahead of me that if I will make up my mind, thank you, if I will make up my mind that I'm going to catch Jesus and I'm going to follow Jesus until his way becomes my way then what waits ahead of me is the joy on the other side Pastor Don I feel convicted well can I just be honest with you join the club because I get it I get it we all are led by what we really believe if we really believe that we've been called to show the world Jesus it will change everything by how we walk we should stand the service is about to be a thing of the past. It's about to be over. What we believe determines the direction that we take when we come to the crossroads. Jesus came to that crossroads and what he believed led him forward. Each one of those students came to that crossroad and what they believed led them forward. Every single one of us Pastor Don, I just don't like when you feel singled out. Well, somebody said, how do you do that so well? I said, I just set a mirror right here and preach at me. And if it hits you, we're similar. I get it. Too much of my life is thinking about judgment and not about the reward for walking like Jesus. God, you showed me this week something I've never seen in the Word of God before. You showed me that we've been praying wrong, that too many times we lay hands on people and say, receive ye the Holy Spirit. But throughout the Word of God, the Word says that before that could occur, that they entreated the Holy Spirit. And I declare, Holy Spirit of the Most High God, will you change our hearts? Will you change all of our lives in such a way that how we walk will become the way you walk? The way we interact with others, the way we speak to those close to us, the way that we, the way that we make decisions, the way that we walk through the storms, Lord, whatever it is, will you help us walk the way you walk? 
You walked all the way to a cross. And you've taught us, Holy Spirit, that we will have to walk that same road over and over again until we stop kicking and screaming. And we go like a lamb to the slaughter, walking the way Jesus walked. Because on the other side of that, there is joy. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not only going to speak to those in this room, I'm speaking to those listening on the radio, I'm speaking to those watching on television, those watching online right now. Speaking to all of us. Would you say, God, help me to forgive like Jesus forgives? Help me to love like Jesus loves? Help me to keep walking no matter the storm? Help me, oh God, to believe your promises. Walk according to your will. Spent hours and hours on my face before God. Praying, God, let my way become your way. And I wonder who in this place today would say, I want to pray that same prayer with you today, Pastor. May my way become his way. Because you have the majority of people in this room. You listen to me. So what some of you didn't understand was there's healing coming to your home because of what you just did. Your belief determined an action that if I confess it, that there's about to be a prayer, God's going to help us. Healing's coming to your home. Healing's coming to your life. Healing's coming. Freedom's coming to you. Victory's coming to you. Joy is awaiting you. Spirit of the Most High God, who was and is and is to come, you see every hand that has been lifted. Every heart that cries out to you now. Do the impossible, God. Show them what happens when they invite the super into their natural. Change their lives forever. Change their lives forever. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed, I'm quickly going to give an altar call for salvation and I'm going to deal with you right where you are I didn't embarrass anybody else I'm not going to embarrass you if you're here today and you say pastor I've never begun to walk following Jesus I've never begun to walk following Jesus as my true savior but today's the day I want to know Jesus as my savior without anybody looking around everybody praying I want to ask you to raise your hand right now hold it up high I want to pray with you is there anyone here thank you thank you are there others Father, you see these that are making recommitments to you. Maybe those that are online as well that are doing so. I thank you for what you're doing. God, I pray this, that those in this room that have not yet decided, may your spirit draw them like never before. Show yourself strong to them so they want to know you. For in the words of Paul, I would that they be like we are, except for these chains. That they might know Jesus as well. Jesus, my name. Amen. That's 
today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. Thank you.